right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Universe Sports Talk here with Caleb Turner, Jackson Payne. What's up, everyone? A lot of good basketball going on lately. Hoop Super. season, baby. Hoop season is back. Um, actually, I'm pretty grateful for hoop season just because with the bye week for football, I had no mm. idea what to do this weekend. Yeah. And basketball was the logical solution. So shout out men and women's basketball for keeping me entertained and saved from boredom. Thank you for filling the void that was left by uh, a lack of BYU football. But BYU, BYU football is back this week as well, which we'll touch on a little bit. But uh, the most pressing thing, obviously, is, like Jackson said, we had hoops over the weekend. BYU basketball, men's and women's playing. Uh, both teams 2-0 and out to start the season. Not bad. Not bad at all. It's, it's been pretty interesting to watch. Obviously, the men's team has two really quality wins over two tournament teams from last yeah. year. Um, I went to the women's game on Saturday. They played Fresno State, who was the preseason favorite to win the Mountain West Conference. And BYU absolutely handled them. It was just a phenomenal showing. And it's interesting because you look at the men's team, it's it's the Alex Barcelo show, obviously. Mm. He's he's going to be your, your prime scorer. Everybody else is kind of trying to figure out uh, how to contribute and what their role is on the team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Seneca and with Tijon, helping them kind of find their place in the system. Caleb Lohner needs to start finishing on his on his buckets. For sure. But the women's team has the exact opposite problem, which is they have too many scorers. They have a bunch of playmakers, whereas the men's team has one. Yeah. And, I mean, it's working for both of them so far, 2-0. and um, men's obviously has a really tough test against Oregon on the road this Tuesday. But, you know, with, with how they've started with the two tournament wins, Cleveland State and San Diego State, I mean, a lot, a lot of confidence with that group going forward. Mark Pope pushing all the right buttons so far. For sure. Um, and at least from what I can tell so far, I was just, was just trying to look up the, the, the women's NCAA rankings. Neither BYU team ranked in the top 25 yet. Uh, I think – BYU, the men's team, uh, four spots out of the top 25 currently. Uh, the women, I'll have to double check on that. But it would not be surprising to see, you know, over the next few weeks or month, um, you know, one or both of these of these BYU teams getting ranked in the top 25, especially the women's. You know, they, they got picked to win the WCC, as we mentioned. Uh, last week we, we had our guest on, Tegan Graham. Um, great to have her on if you didn't have a chance to check out that uh, podcast, uh, both video and audio available uh, to check out. Great conversation with Tegan. Um, but yeah, you know, really just a powerhouse team for the women. They, and I don't know if they've, with you know, with these first two games playing at home, um, they haven't been fully tested yet. Obviously, and I think that will come. It might not even come until until they, they enter, you know, WCC play, and go on the road against teams like Gonzaga um, and, and some of those, those other teams. But um, you know, the men they've got a big test immediately coming up tomorrow against Oregon in Portland. Um, they man, Mark, but he mentions mentions it every time during like media availability. But and he he did the same thing at UVU and he was there trying to front load the schedule and l- play as many, you know, challenging, difficult games, very close together early in the season. Uh, it's kind of like a sink or swim kind of situation. And so, so far they're doing well, but I think the real test comes tomorrow. Yeah, that that, that strategy's worked well for Mark Pope since yeah. he's been here. I remember when Rose was here. Um, it, it felt like the opposite, mm. where the schedule got increasingly more difficult and. Yeah. It didn't always work out the way BYU wanted it to, and you go to the NIT and nothing happens. But <laughs> oh, the know, good old NIT Hope's, days. Hope's had two tournament teams so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised that men's. I, I thought they might crack the top 25 just because the two teams that they beat were tournament teams mm. last year. Yeah, obviously, you know, a lot happens year to year. Cleveland State did bring back all five of their starters from that tournament team last year. San Diego State usually a pretty solid program every year. Great history with BYU too. Very intense uh, matchup every time. And so to be 29, I mean, I'm not going to complain about where we're ranked, but at the same time, 
kind of thought they'd be maybe 23, 24 range, but yeah, no, for sure. I guess we'll see what they're really made of against Oregon. Um, like Caleb said, really tough test. Mark Pope likes to front load the schedule. Um, Phil Knight Invitational, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the official name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, I guess. They, <laughs> they need – they got to make buckets besides Barcelo. I mean, For I feel sure. like Barcelo and Johnson are the only ones that are scoring right now. Yeah, you know, I, I, every year there's a little – especially with these Pope teams where he brings in a lot of transfers and there just seems to be so much turnover year after year. There, there's a little bit of like a roster shakeout that happens, you know, over those first couple months before they get into WCC play. <clears throat> you know, last year we saw um, – you know, some in- in- interesting developments with Connor Harding falling out of the uh, out of the starting lineup and Caleb Lunder and Gideon George entering the starting lineup. Um, and I think we're kind of seeing the same thing this year um, where the starting lineup that they're currently putting out, who knows if, if that'll be the starting lineup come, you know, January when they start WCC games. Um, there's always a little bit of the kind of that shakeout to see, okay, what works, what doesn't, who's playing what role. Obviously, you know, the starting backcourt – um, has the least questions at this point with with uh, Alex Barcel and Tijon Lucas, um, both you know just a couple studs, um, great scorers, great facilitators, uh, great on the defensive end as well. This one thing I've noticed that really early in the season, this BYU team is really good at drawing charges. Yeah, <laughs> like like really randomly, yeah, yeah. but. Like you got like Barcelo, Trevin Nell, surprisingly, really, really mm. good at drawing charges. He has started out extremely cold from three, as has the entire BYU team. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a little, it, it, it's a little bit worrisome. Pope's not worried at all about it. Are you worried about three point shooting? Um, no, not really, because yeah. like, you know, Barcelo, he's shooting about fifty eight from three, I think, <laughs> which is Just insane. Ca- casual, but yeah. Um, Spencer Johnson as well, hot from three to start the season. I'm concerned just about just the immediate, obviously, like. If you don't hit your threes, you're not going to beat Oregon. Yeah. Um, what's been nice is, you know, even though BYU's been kind of dismal from three, so have their opponents. True. And I don't true. know if that's just no one can shoot in the Marriott Center or just early, <laughs> early season, season struggles style, or rest, if that's yeah. just how good BYU's defense is. Probably not the third one. But, you know, I'd, I'd be less concerned if other teams were lighting us up on the mm. three ball. You're 2-0. and oh. You can't be too concerned early. But yeah. if, if they don't show up from behind the arc against Oregon, I'd – be concerned but you know that's something Tijon has been pretty solid so far um yeah not not on the shooting side of the ball but I feel like he's one of the best passers we've seen at BYU in a for long sure, time for sure um averaging about four assists a game so far and that number should go up I'd assume because you know we, we were talking about this earlier is Tijon's the one right right and that's what it feels like at least yeah, yeah. and if Barcelo's the two Barcelo needs to be taking more shots yeah yeah I totally agree that's something that that really came out against the game at game against San Diego State where um early on in in the games like Barcelo kind of seems a little bit more deferential and he's like passing a little bit more um and then he'll like make a make a couple shots and everyone on on Twitter and in the stadium even is like wait why is he not taking these shots early why is he not taking more of these shots right um and then even after the game uh somebody asked uh Mark Pope you know, if, if, if somebody said to you, Alex Barcelo needs to take more shots, what would you say to that? And Mark Pope said, nobody in the world would disagree with that statement. Um, we, we, like, he obviously agreed with it. It's something that they're, I guess, they're trying to work on. It's something that you gotta, you got to find within the, within the flow of the offense, too. I think that's one struggle. Uh, San Diego State was a long, athletic, defensive team, um, and they gave, they gave BYU a really, really tough time on, on offense. Um, and I think they're still trying to get into the flow of, you know, who, who's facilitating, who's kind of setting these things up. I think Tijon's probably the best passer BYU's had since, since TJ Hawes, mm. um, which, which goes a long way. Um, that was one thing that was really, really missing from last year's squad was that playmaker like TJ Hawes. He was so 
instrumental to that the i mean every team he was on but especially that first pope team um setting up guys like like yoli and then barcelo on the perimeter as well um, a guy that can penetrate and dish uh, Bar- barcelo has shown a little few, few flashes of that um, but i think tijon really has the ability um to, to be that that you know uh the visionary kind of uh, distributor and point guard that BYU needs. Yeah, what I want to see from BYU is I need to see whoever the number two scorer is going to be, they need to step up mm. sooner yeah. rather than later because, you know, Barcelo's been so good. We can't talk enough about how much we love Alex Barcelo. 20.5 points a game so far. Um, just kind of single-handedly carried BYU at the end of the San Diego State game. But, you know, for how few shots – he can't be taking that few shots when there's no one else who can really be taking those right. shots. Spencer right. Johnson's been good so far. Um, didn't play as much against San Diego State. Played well against Cleveland State, but like until you know you can get knocked down threes from from Tijon or Nell or just any of those guys. Caleb Loner got to call yeah. him out. He's starting. He's got to be a top three scorer on the team. Exactly, and until you kind of have your offensive rhythm set to where you have a number two scorer yeah. and you know that you can hit those downtown threes, um, Barcelo can't be taking nine shots a game. Mm. I think against Cleveland State it was twenty four points on nine shots, and obviously. Very generous free throw, right? <laughs> free throw usage there. <laughs> what did he have there. like thirteen or something? Thir- in the he went thirteen of thirteen yeah. free throws, <laughs> um, and so you know that helps. But you, you can't be taking nine shots. You're an All-American. You're the best player in the program. Yeah. You are the one who Pope wants to put the ball in his hands in in a crunch time game like San Diego State. So pull the trigger earlier. You know, I, I want to see it because you don't have anybody that you can really pass to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean. well, and, and I wonder, too, at this point, if it's like, you know, there has been so much turnover with BYU's roster with the exception of Alex Barcelo. So when teams are looking at film, they're like, okay, we know for sure Alex Barcelo can score. So he's like the first guy they look at to, sh- to shut down. And so it seems like it, like it's like an, an, an easy scout on Alex Barcelo, right? Like shut down him and you shut down their, their scoring. And so I think that that's on the rest of the team to figure out, okay, if they're shutting down Alex, who's going to step up? And I think that's what they're, they're going to find out quick against Oregon tomorrow. I don't think, you know, part of me wonders, all right, is it going to be an Alex Barcelo takeover game or is it going to be the game where we find out who the second and third scorers are? I don't see how they allow Alex Barcelo to go for, go for 30 or 40. And so a, a guy like Trevin Nell or Caleb Lohner is going to have to step up tomorrow. Absolutely. And then speaking of those kind of bigger players on the outside, yeah. they're down low, I guess, the the front the front court. Um, Which took an early hit with Richard Harward. Richard Harward obviously down, but let's just talk about what we've seen there so far. Yeah. Um, so obviously I just got off my mission. I haven't really seen any of Pope's teams up close and personal like this. I've been pretty impressed by Gideon George. Yeah. Um, just his just raw athleticism. I think he's definitely a project-type player we've talked about. But I've, I've been impressed with what I've seen so far. Not Stats wouldn't show it, but I, li- I like George going down the stretch. I think this team is going to get remarkably better when Gavin Baxter gets mm. off the minutes restriction. Yeah. Because what he's done in limited action has been pretty pretty awesome. Seriously. <laughs> for lack of a better term. I mean, he had like six points in 20 seconds the other night. Yeah. Something crazy just popped off for a second and then hit the pine again. So I think when Barcelo, I mean, when, when Baxter hops back in, gets, gets the full allotment of minutes, I mean, he'll be – I think he's been starting the the past two games, yep, and then yep. they kind of just hit the rotations. But I think when he's a true starter and he's playing starter minutes, mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to be huge for BYU. And then obviously when Caleb Lohner, um can get in his bag, for lack of a better term, yeah, find a shot, find a, a shot, bit, yeah. and th- that's what you were telling me last year. Yeah. Kind of the same idea, like <laughs> it's kind of funny how very very out. raw to start the season, then came into his own down the stretch. Yeah, y- you need that earlier and earlier now because if you want to make noise in the West. 
uh, in, the, in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga is obviously the best team in the country. If you really want to be the prime number two in this conference, mm. you've got to show it earlier rather than later. And that's something that Dave Rose's teams, from from what I saw in my past with BYU basketball, um, that's something that they did really poorly is kind of stumble in those uh, conference games earlier. Yeah, Didn't really have a resume, and then they'd have to make up for lost time toward the end. And for it was sure. always too little too late, whereas Pope got to start swinging earlier, and that's what we've seen. And so – like, like we've said, got to get that number two score out of the way earliest, earlier rather than later. Yeah, you know, speaking of the WCC as well, uh, I was I was watching the Gonzaga Texas game. Uh, I believe it was Saturday night, and the announcer mentioned, um, you know, Gonzaga playing in the WCC, how they're like with the best the best team in the WCC, and he mentioned um, that there were some other you know, great teams and contenders within the WCC who had some great wins that week. And I was like, oh, he's going to mention BYU. They, they beat San Diego State. Didn't even mention BYU. I think it was like, I want to say it was like Pepperdine um, and, like, and like Santa Clara or like an, another two other WCC teams apparently also got great wins over the weekend. So he mentioned to them and not BYU. So I think it's important what you said, like, even if BYU, like, I think a lot, a lot of fans think that the number two spot's a given for BYU in the WCC, but it's obviously not. Uh, especially with some of these other teams getting their early early season upsets. Yeah, WCC has always been like a sneaky good basketball conference. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the Big Twelve is going to be a huge upgrade, but <laughs> oh I'm kind of going to miss yeah. uh, some of those battles we have against like Pacific, St. Mary's. St. Mary's is always a St. fun Mary's game. St. Mary's true. Yeah. Pepperdine. Just I mean, those are they're good basketball schools. Um. Just always competitive. Always always a lot of fun. And you know that's like you said, it's not a given to be the number yeah. two spot. Um. Gonzaga's all but locked up the one seed. Um, in the nation. In the nation. <laughs> and BYU's really going to have to battle earlier, as, as early as they can. And it, it starts with Oregon because yeah. that's going to be the litmus test for Gonzaga because Oregon's ranked 12th in the country. Um, we, we really don't know how good Oregon is, though. I mean, preseason pro, stuff. You preseason know. Yeah. stuff is always yeah. smoke and mirrors. We know how good Gonzaga is. Um, but what, what BYU can do on the road against Oregon is going to say a lot about what they can do against Gonzaga and just against the conference as a whole. Definitely, yeah. Um, and just uh, last thing on kind of like that second, third score, um, you mentioned that we kind of saw a similar thing from Caleb Lohner last year with uh, he's struggling to find a shot early in the season, kind of found it later on in the season. I feel like there's kind of been a lot of uh, parallels between last season and this season with, you know, the roster turnover, trying to shake that out and figure who you, figure out who your main guys are going to be. You mentioned Gideon George, uh, great on defense. Uh, he seems to always be like, one of the top guys in, in deflections, like always has his hands in there. He's got the length to kind of um, upset some things on the defensive end. Got to work on his offense, like everyone else on the team. Got to got to start shooting a little bit better. Um, and so, you know, right now they've got Caleb Lunder and Gideon George in the starting lineup. And I do kind of wonder, you know, if, if they'll stay in the starting lineup, will a guy like Seneca Knight move in yeah. if, if, Caleb, if, if Lohner and, and George can't find their shot? Because Seneca Knight, he, he, he didn't have like a full-on breakout game, I would say, against San Diego State, but – Played more minutes, definitely had a bigger role than he had against against Cleveland State. I feel um, like they're easing him in because he, yeah. he did have the injury a few weeks ago. For, oh, true, yeah. So he didn't practice when we went. Um, and he's newer to the system. He hasn't played college basketball in right. two seasons. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they're going to ease him in. And he'll kind of down the stretch the same way. Like when, when you get Baxter and Seneca playing starter minutes, it's going to be a totally different team. And whether that put Loner on the bench or puts – uh, Gideon on the bench. I, I mean, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but Pope's pretty good with his rotations and right. how, he, how he uses people. Um, I mean, he's a mad scientist, let's be real. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, I think Pope had Seneca in the game to close against San Diego State, which is really interesting. I think it, you're right. It, it's, not, it's not about who starts, it's about who closes, right? Yeah. They always say. Cookies are for closers. Cookies are for closers. But, uh, uh, you know yeah. who I, I, I've been really impressed with Faust? Oh, dude. Foose. 
Is it Foose or is it Faust? No, Foose. Yeah, it's Foose. Traore? Traore, yeah. Yeah, F O. Yeah. Well, his full name, I don't know if it's like Foose. We're not even going to try. Yeah, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. But yeah, Foose is the nickname. Okay. Yeah. I've heard I've heard both pronunciations. Who who who'd you hear say Faust? I think Spencer said Faust. Really? I think so. Because mm. yeah, I've I've heard him say. Uh, let's let's go with Foose. Because I've, I've heard him call him Foose. Foose so. sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been impressed with Foose. I mean, you talk about being a dominant big. Yeah. Um, that's something BYU could really use. They don't. I feel like that's what they're missing. That's what they've been missing since Yoli Childs. Because he had harms last year, but he couldn't really take over a game offensively, uh, the way that Yoli could. Right. And Foose, obviously, I haven't seen that so far. He's he's a freshman, uh, two games in. But you see those flashes to where he could be the next big thing for BYU basketball, and it's exciting. And he's got his hands everywhere too. Him and him and Gideon, yeah. just blocking machines. It's <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, he had one. Was it? I can't remember if it was against Cleveland State or San Diego State. But a guy tried to go for like a reverse dunk and just got Triore just stuffed him at the rim. It was so filthy. But uh, anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no. I mean he's. <laughs> Yeah. He's, been, he's been fun to watch, and it, it's one of those things where you look at going forward into the Big 12. Obviously, you got Colin Chandler last week. Uh, Mark Pup's ability to find these guys who yeah. can come in and be impact players immediately. Uh, Foose, just he, he's he's already made an impact. He's been arguably their second or third best player yeah, through honestly. two games. I mean, it's the Barcelo show, but I mean, who else is there that you could say has been as good as Barcelo or? Up there with Barcelo Johnson, uh, maybe, but I, I would say it's probably been the backcourt between Barcelo and Lucas, because 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 Tijon, despite his shooting, he's shown some, you know with with his passing and defense, I, I think he's kind of made up for it. And then I would say Foose is in third, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, l- the only reason I would put Foose over over Tijon is yeah. the shooting. Yeah. But you know he's gonna find a shot, and what he's done passing wise, facilitating, has been pretty awesome. Um, and then Spencer Johnson, but he. He they barely used him against San Diego State. I wonder yeah. what that was about. But yeah, I, I think it was just trying to match a little bit of their of the size and length. You know, one thing about Foose, and this is I thought it was interesting that Pope compared him to Yoli Childs, because um, Yoli's not your typical big man. Like when he when he tried to make the transition like to the NBA and like to professional, he I think that's kind of where um, he got a little bit lost was because he's in between kind of like the three and four position a little bit. Because um, he could shoot and he can kind of handle the ball a little bit, and he's got the length and athleticism to, to guard the perimeter a little bit more, which I think Foose has as well. I've been impressed by his ability to kind of go out in the perimeter a little bit more um, and really switch and move a lot on defense, which allows him to get some of those highlight plays like the blocks and stuff like that. Because he's not just in the paint the whole time. He's he's a little undersized. I want to say Foose is closer to like a six eight, six nine kind of kind of size. Typical, which is still taller than taller than Yoli. For sure. Well, yeah, I, I think Yoli's six eight, so around that kind of the same size. Um, and I, th- I think he really kind of offers that the switchability, which Pope likes a lot. Um, and then, especially in the game against San Diego State, where they had a lot of kind of like those bigger, athletic, long guys, Foose just matched up a lot better than, than a guy like Spencer Johnson, for example. Yeah, makes sense. They kind of had to just go a little bigger, a little bigger. But anyway, yeah, very impressed with Foose. Um, yeah, maybe he even cracked the starting lineup at one point. I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the closing lineup, yeah, it would have been, I think it was Foose and Seneca instead of Loner and George. Yeah, I think you're and right. Then you add, and, then, or, and then Baxter, either either Baxter was in there or maybe Loner was Did in Baxter there. Did Baxter finish? You know what? It might have been Loner instead of Baxter now that I'm thinking about it. So they had Foose like, at the quote-unquote five, Loner at the four, Seneca at the three, and then the the, the two the backcourt. It's a good problem to have that BYU yeah. has eight guys who can be For starters. Sure. I mean, you look at who they've started so far. It's been Barcelo, Lucas, Loner, George, and then Baxter. Yeah. And then you got Foose. You got Seneca. Yeah. You got Spencer Johnson. Yep. Uh, Trevin Nell. Trevin Nell. That's nine yeah. guys with the capability to start for BYU. Yeah. And then if Harwood was there, that'd be ten. 
Um, and they, they actually went 10 deep against San Diego State because they brought in uh, a, a tiki yeah, for some right. minutes. So, And so, I mean, you're seeing BYU, pretty deep team. Yeah. Um, they'll have some good substitutions, computer rotations going on. Um, that's going to be big down the stretch because you already see Harvard's been out. Yeah. Um, basketball season's grueling. Um, you're playing two, three games a week. You're Seriously. Gonna, it's it's going to be tough to to stay healthy if you can keep your guys like if you can keep your most valuable assets like Barcelo, Lucas, uh, those guys healthy. But then if Gavin Baxter goes down or he's on a minutes restriction, you get guys like Fusu can come in and play the five For and sure. and hold down the fort. So yeah, yeah, been been really impressed by BYU so far. Two tournament wins. To wins over tournament teams, I should say, because sure. it's yeah. November, not March. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> can you imagine? This is if, March. If it's March, and we actually get two tournament wins. That'd be so really. Oh, <laughs> that's like Jimmer range right there. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, I think that that's kind of what we're looking at for the men's team. Uh, check out their game against Oregon tomorrow. Uh, should, should be a great one. Um, you know, chatting about the women's team real quick as yep. well. Uh, you mentioned, you know, they're, they're also two and zero, with you know potential to to be ranked as well. Uh, great veteran team with, with players like Shaley Gonzalez and Paisley Harden in the backcourt, Maria Albiero as well, uh, and then Tegan Graham, who we had on the podcast last week, um, Sarah Hampson protecting the paint down there in the middle, uh, and Lauren Gustin, who is one of the biggest, if not the breakout player in the WCC last year. Um, basically just picking up where they left off last year, honestly. It's pretty interesting because both teams started 2-0. There's been a lot of preseason hype about both teams. Yeah. And But they couldn't be more different because, I, yeah, 100%. you know, you look at uh, men's team, Barcelo came back, Loner came back, but a lot of those other pieces are newer or coming back from injuries or, yeah. you know, it's a lot of moving pieces trying to figure out where how, how this is going to work, basically, whereas the women's team is – Basically, everyone's like, "Hey, this is the same team from last year. Yeah. Let's let's just let's run it back," you know. Literally, yeah. And so, and at the same time, you know, we talked about Barcelo. Um, it's it's the Barcelo show on offense. Got to find a number two scorer. Got to mm. find your other options on offense. The women's team has too many options mm. on offense. Uh, the other night against Fresno State, Shaley and Paisley both put up twenty two. Yep. Um, Lauren had sixteen points and a double double. Uh, Tegan had I want to say six, but just continues to be a really high efficiency shooter. And it's interesting too because. Um, I guess the one parallel is people want Barcelo to take more shots. After the <laughs> game, I talked to Coach Judkins. Uh, Jetty was like, yeah, why isn't Tegan taking more shots? we got to figure <laughs> that out with her. But a lot of good – I think six or seven players had assists. Um, a lot of playmakers, a lot of really good instincts too, especially on defense. You know, they had ten steals, seven blocks. Um, their hands were everywhere, just high high energy. Um, a lot of hustle now on the women's side. And, you know – it's been fun to watch, and I hope that people actually go out and see the women's team this year because there's go to the women's games. Go to the women's games because they're exciting. I know they're, that they're a ton of fun to watch. They are a ton of fun to watch. Um, you know, I got to the point you're sitting courtside. Every time Paisley had the ball, you knew she was going to score. <laughs> and you know, I don't feel that yeah. way about, about men's games. For sure, women's teams. The women's team is a bit more exciting than men's. There team. was there was a little bit there towards the end of the uh, the San Diego State game with Alex Barcelo, where he kind of like entered his closer mode, for lack of a, of a better term, and he like. He got to his spot, like this mid-range jumper. He needs to take way more mid-range jumpers, by the way. Oh, you know, yeah. as, as, as a San Antonio Spurs fan and someone who had to watch DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge shoot nothing but, but mid-range jumpers for like three seasons, um, I've grown accustomed to it. And it's, it's actually it's a pretty uh, – it's a better and a high, more high-efficiency shot than a lot of people think. No, I think you're absolutely right. And that's something <laughs> – that's, that's just my, my mid-range jumper soapbox for a little bit there. No, hey, that's my game when I play. Is I, if you got it, shoot it. Yeah, exactly. That's when I when I ball out for hoops for Africa. 
Next yeah. game Wednesday, seven fifteen. Pull up to one fifty six RB. Oh, you know. Uh, that, that's my games. I like the mid range jumper because it's so hard to guard. You yeah. know, if if you got it, like you can pull it out whenever. Totally. And it's hard to game plan for because I can totally. I feel like that's a really good asset to have when you want to change up the pace mm-hmm. on your offensive mm-hmm. scheme because, you know, if if you want to go, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I'm I'm off today, but like. If, if, I mean, if you just want to change up the tempo a bit, the mid-range jumper is the quickest way. 100%. Well, and that's literally what Barcelo did was, like, nothing was going right for, for BYU's offense. So he grabs the ball. He's like, all right, I'm getting to my spot. Shoots it from, from one side one side of the key, uh, makes it. And then literally it was either the next play or, like, two plays later, goes to the other side of the key, makes the same mid-range jumper, um, and BYU's up by, like, four, like four or five. So Barcelo's it, gone, he's gone straight Luke Skywalker, last Jedi mode. Just yeah. – just by himself, just walking out yeah. against, like, the whole army, you know? <laughs> wait, you're talking about uh, freaking – wait, uh, uh, have you seen The Mandalorian, the TV show? A little bit. It's, it's a bit slow for did me. Have, did you hear about when, when Luke Skywalker made a guest appearance? I did see that. that. Yeah, that was did, cool. Did you watch the scene? Yeah. With the, it was, like, a deep fake, oh. right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm, without going nerding out too much and, like, going into too much detail, like, it's literally what you just said. Like, he takes on, like, an entire ship of, like, these droids, like, these, like, destroyer, like, insane-looking droids. Um, and you don't see his face at all. It's just like you see him on like camera screens. It's just like this hooded figure, kind of like Last yeah, Jedi, yeah, yeah. right? Or sorry, uh, Return of the Jedi. Anyway, uh, Luke Skywalker, Alex Barcelo, yeah, basically the same person, right? Something like that. Chosen one. <laughs> Chosen one. Yeah. I mean, Barcelo has a sister on the women's team too, right? That's right. Luke yeah. and Leia type deal. Luke and Leia. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, what was I gonna say? I, I think that the Utah Jazz are having like a Star Wars night. We should, oh, we should try and hit that up. We should. I think it's next yeah, month. Big Jazz fans. B- BYU, where's your Star Wars night? We should like. I feel like BYU you, is the school to have. Can a Star you imagine Wars night. how big of a hit that would be? That'd be wild. I remember when I was in high school, the Washington Post put out a thing. It was like the head of. It was like the front page of the religion section, <laughs> and it was a picture of Yoda, and then it was a picture of Spencer W. Kimball yes, next to it. I remember. And that. it was like Mormons love sci-fi. It's like. <laughs> Why? Why is this news? I mean, we're not like, we're not like Scientologists. Or we're not Scientologists. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, Ender's Game. Like, I wrote Ender's Game as a member of the church, kind of. Uh, but like, yeah. Well, why? Why is this something that needs to be said? I feel like a lot of people like sci-fi. Why is it specific? definitely got to have a Star Wars night? There was there was one basketball game. I want to say it was a women's basketball game. Even they they gave Cosmo a lightsaber. And he had like a duel with like Darth Maul or, th- or something. I, I, like I'll, I'll try and I'll try and find footage. This is a Cosmo couple, versus Darth this Maul. Is a, this is a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Speaking I'll, of Cosmo, what happened to Cosmo yeah, the other day? If anybody has information about whether the, if the guy who is in the Cosmo suit is okay after Friday night, please let us know. We heard that he got injured in uh, while he's practicing a trick on a skateboard off a ramp, getting slingshotted or something like that. Uh, something about a jaw injury, so please let us know uh, if you know if he, if he's okay. Well, basically, we just want to know if he's okay. Yeah. But anyway. Cosmo couldn't handle the warp tour. Couldn't Co- handle the skateboard tricks. Cosmo, you are in our thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers for Cosmo. Thoughts and prayers for Cosmo. Freaking Cosmo, dude! Like, <laughs> I remember my freshman year. There was one time I'm like walking out of my 9 a.m. and I just hear like a ridiculous amount of just like trap music going like <laughs> full volume. I'm like, what is going on? And it's the, it's the stupid Cosmobile. It's like driving around campus. Cosmo's just like raising the roof. It's out 9 a.m. It's Cosmo's 9 a.m. Cosmo. <laughs> it's like, dude, how much chocolate milk have you had just, this morning? Just, down, just downing bangs all morning. Oh, dude, speaking of unhealthy uh, life choices. Okay. So you know how they give you like the voucher? So for media members uh, at least, yeah. they give you like a $10 concessions <laughs> voucher for, for the games because they don't cater or anything. I got a cougar tail and a mint brownie during the game, and I went home and just, oh, oh, <laughs> timber, <laughs> okay, collapsed. In case you're wondering how, how Jackson spent his Friday night. Yeah. 
just BYU's doing their best to just fill me out from yeah. uh, from DN to left tackle. Seriously. Uh, speaking of DN left tackle, uh, quick quick maybe some thoughts on uh, BYU football heading into Georgia Southern. We, we just got done with the press conference. Uh, seems like the guys are pumped after a bye week. I heard a lot about some great lifting sessions yeah. with the team, feeling strong. I mean, I don't really know what qualifies as a great lifting session. They all got, PR. me, like they they all got, they all got PRs. I don't know. PRs. Yeah, I think having that bye week is really important. Just they've played a really grueling 10 games. Um, is it been 10? Yeah, they're into. Yeah. Really grueling 10 games. Um, like we talked about the way Mark Pope front loads his schedule. Mm. Um, football does that and multiplies it by 10. Yep, yep. You know, they've played all the Power Fives that they have, all the Pac-12 teams that they have. Still got USC, though, coming up. Still Stay got tuned. USC coming up. But, uh, you know, to have kind of a a more demanding road trip, I'd say. Um, I don't think the time zones play as big a, mm. a role as some media members might think. But, I mean, just it's a long flight. It's another part of the country. Um, unfamiliar team, unfamiliar scheme. So humid climate, according to Ben By- Ben Bywater. Humid climate, yeah. <laughs> Compared to Utah, I guess everything's humid. Yeah, that's true. I, I was gonna say, dude, it's been killing me. I've been just so dry lately. I need all the chapstick I can get. I need all the chapsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I know the nurse has like twelve sticks in her drawer. I'm not gonna use hers, you sicko. Yeah, we, we we I don't know why we both have like this this uh, this craving to watch some Napoleon Dynamite right now. Dude, it's honestly. been it's been a minute. I've never seen Nacho Libre all the way through. Oh. Have I told you that? No, you didn't tell me that. And I don't think I ever have any plans to. This one time, uh, I went through this entire scout camp, like a week-long scout camp, basically communicating entirely in Nacho Libre quotes with this other kid. Yeah, it was it was a memorable uh, scout camp. That's a, that's a love language right there. <laughs> Truly. Dude, can I just say how happy I am to be done with scouts? Scouts, I feel like scouts made me a worse person. Uh, you know scouts, what? Scouts made me, like, not want to do things and not want to try and... <laughs> Do things for the wrong reasons because your dad won't give you your driver's license until oh, you get your the, eagle. One of those. Sorry, sorry to get on my anti-scout rant. I'm sure there's a lot of lovely scout people out there, but good riddance. You know, no, it, it's all right. You know, here on the Universe Sports Talk podcast, we get real. Um, and it's, scouts. And it's confession time. I am not an eagle scout. Really? Yeah. I made it. Uh, I think. I think I made it up to life. Life for life. Unfortunately. Was that like? Did you just like not want to get it, or like what? Well, just, just run out of time, or because you lived kinda, overseas and stuff too. Kind of like a what? wrong place, wrong time. No, I was in Texas. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. So wait, when did you? Were you in Texas for all of high school? Yeah, all, all middle school and high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang, I thought you lived. Yeah, somewhere you else know, it, it, if I if I had wanted to, I probably could have done it. I always blamed it on the, on the leadership, um, and that like they weren't. I don't know. Like Proactive I got about I it. got like lost in the like turnover between leaders and stuff. Mm. But you know, at the end of the day, it was just you know something that i wasn't super into um yeah, but yeah. It's, it's really funny like even throughout high school like with my, with my non-member friends in high school we'd always go out and do like camping trips and stuff and like i love being in the outdoors but just like never wanted to do this guy like citizenship in the nation citizenship oh, in the yeah. world do you gotta do environmental science merit badge i mean i care about the environment of course but do i want to do a merit badge about it not really. heck no dude i have like the pets merit badge dude, i did not have a, i about? did not have a pet when i received that merit badge yikes but, uh, See, it's all a lie. Okay. Scott's is lie. I, I, I didn't get my eagle. I think I'm probably better off for it. That's just my soapbox. Uh, also didn't go to EFY. So I'm kind of okay, like a, a non-traditional BYU student dang. in that sense. Yeah, <laughs> quirky and... Uh, <laughs> what? Quirky and what? Say it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, okay. I, I'm so off. I'm so tired. <laughs> I had like my whole ward over at my place it's, last night. It's Monday, like my dudes. AM. It's Monday. I was trying to go to bed. Dude, my, my roommates totally just betrayed me i'm just trying to go to chili's watch some monday night football Dude, that's what i'm saying dude chili's later 
Dude, it's happening. Chili's. It's just wings, bro. We'll, we'll catch y'all at Chili's. Ray, we're trying to get a venue for our podcast. If you know any restaurants that want to host us in the re- in, uh, for the podcast, let us know. Love we'd, you, uh, we'd love to travel and meet some of y'all, all of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's like that one vine with the the dude on top of the building and he's teaching there's like three dudes down there just like trapping that's out that's our squad that's our that's, squad that's, that's us hey i actually i was at uh, i was up in sandy visiting some people from my mission and somebody was asking me just about like what i do at the university okay. stuff and they mentioned like do you need to get byu podcasts and i was like yeah i have one <laughs> you know it yeah Please, if, anybody's, if anybody's writing any stories about byu podcasts we've got to be included on Oof, that touchy Please. touchy subject <laughs> But no, I'm I'm going back to football. We're taking it all the way back. All the way back. <laughs> uh, I think the bye week is really good. Obviously, I mean, there's no nothing wrong with like there's no bad thing about a bye week ever. You're never gonna complain about a bye week. Yeah, I, except I think you're, unless you're Zach Wilson. I think it's really good they had Ben Bywater come talk to us after the BYU bye week. Just you know, yo, good stuff. Good stuff there. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. they're they're heading down to Georgia. Um, it's not banged up. They always are. I mean, they've been. You haven't really heard about it much this year. I mean, they've had their injuries here and there, but they're pretty banged up uh, Neil, everywhere. Neil Powell confirmed to not be playing against Georgia Southern this week. Uh, Kalani also said pro- he's doubtful for USC. Um, they asked Alan Holker about that. You know, what what does he think about the depth? He, he thinks they're good. Um, they've, they Obviously, they've got a lot of receivers between the Nakuas and – I don't know if Gunner's going to be back or not, but they've got the tight ends between Rex and Holker as well. I heard Gunner Keanu should be Hill back. Keanu Hill had a breakout game. Yeah. Um, so they've got the guys, and that's kind of a similar feeling on defense as well, talking to D'Angelo Mandel. He feels like they've got that next man next man up mentality. That's kind of been the philosophy all year. Um, they're getting guys healthy, and they, they should be ready to roll for, for Saturday. And luckily, they kind of get have like a get-right spot, right, where not a, not a super difficult opponent. Um, we were checking out some of the stats for Georgia Southern – the quarterback has one passing touchdown. He has one passing touchdown, nine intercept, two yeah. passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. They run the triple option, but that's even more concerning if you're yeah. running the triple option and you still have nine interceptions. Yeah, that's rough. It's like what? Uh, what are you doing wrong, man? But uh, yeah, it's a it's a get right game. Um, I think it's kind of their their trial run for USC, who obviously they're having a down year as well. But high stakes game, last game of the season. Um, USC probably going to be playing for bowl eligibility. Yeah, if we're being yeah. real. Um, is Jackson Dart back for that game? Have we heard? I haven't heard yet, but we'll have updates for you guys. We're actually going to be traveling down to USC. We'll get a podcast live from LA um, for you guys down there after Thanksgiving. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll give you all the updates from LA for that USC game. Should be a good one um, coming off of what is expected to be a win against Georgia Southern. Um, over under on uh, two interceptions against Georgia Southern. I'm going to say we get three. Ooh. I'm gonna go with three, going and I'm gonna pr- I'm gonna predict who who gets them. Um, I don't think. Let's see here. We're gonna have th- okay. One's gonna be a linebacker, it, but I feel, I feel and then like, two I, defensive backs. I feel like Malik Moore has to go at least. Okay, one, Malik right? Moore will get one. <laughs> Our guy, like, yeah, come on. just, he'll get one. And wait, so are you so you're going like a Peyton Wilgard, Thule kind of thing? Like I'm gonna say Thule gets one. Okay, Thule gets one. Moore gets one. Moore gets one. I don't think D'Angelo has one this year. Ooh, D'Lo. Let's go. But I'm not going to pick D'Lo. Okay. I'm going to pick Hayden Livingston. Oh, snap. Because he does have a pick. He had the first pick of the season. That's right. But he's dropped like three picks. That's right. He's, you know, full disclosure, my dad and his dad serve same mission. Okay. Um, in in L.A.? In L.A., yeah. Arcadia Crazy. mission. Wow. Um, so I've actually, like, never really talked to Hayden one-on-one. Probably should because, you know. Come on our podcast, Hayden blood, Livingston. DNA, but... Uh, he's dropped like three picks this year. I want to see him get one. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Hayden Livingston, Malik Moore. Because I feel Max like Tooley. I feel like 
when when Livingston had the one when he when he's in like the area for an interception, it's not necessarily because he's played great coverage. Mm. It's because there's been a mistake. It's it's the pressure and he throws a dumb ball. Right. And I feel like against a team like Georgia Southern, maybe the pass rush has an improved has an improved night. Um, if they run the triple option, maybe not as many sacks, but maybe you get mm. Lopa or Pepe or somebody. Tyler Batty on the pressure drives him into a, a point of discomfort, throws one up. Hayden's there to grab it. I don't know. That's so right place, right time. Hayden Livingston, let's go. Hayden Livingston, Max Tooley, Malik Moore. Malik Moore are your three interceptions. Three pointer. Now who scored? What was the score prediction? I guess we could uh, go more into that later in the week. Yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably we'll try and pop on for another pod later in the week. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking BYU drops a forty piece. Yeah. Um, I mean that's the way the offense is trending. I'm gonna go. 40. Uh, How many did they score against Idaho State? Was it 52? I think so. I'm going to go 46. For, uh, 46 to 6, they're going to miss an extra point. Georgia Southern's going to wow, miss an extra point. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say I'll take 46 with Kay. you. And I'm going to say Georgia Southern scores 13 with a missed extra point Kay. because, you know. You're really, really banking on a mixed, missed extra point here. <laughs> I, it like, never happens, but who knows? Uh, it's having a older ride too often this That's year. That's true. It has. It has. But you know, I feel like if they do run the triple option, BYU cannot tackle. Mm. We've established this. That's true. So if if you're running your triple option and you're sliding into the secondary every time, you're gonna score two touchdowns. Hashtag make BYU tackle. Hashtag make hashtag make Lauren dribble or Tegan dribble. <laughs> yeah, it was it was make make Tegan dribble last last year or last week. Now it's gonna be make Tegan shoot. Make Tegan shoot, yeah. Yeah, she's got to take more shots. Dude, she's is she the Barcelo of the of the women's team? Maybe. She should be taking more shots, man. Maybe or maybe Amanda Barcelo is the Alex mm. Barcelo of the women's team. Uh, I've heard of both ways. <laughs> anyway, you've heard enough from us today. We'll catch y'all later. Peace out.